Good afternoon, everybody. I think Welcome we're evening at this point. We are evening, that's true. Yeah. Well into the evening. So, good evening, everybody. We are back here in the neighborhood for Axe. Again. And we're doing Again. chapter three today. Chapter three today, yes. Chapter so, three, so. What is it? Week good. three? Week four? How long have we been in Axe? week four. Week four? Goes so quick. Indeed. Yeah, because we spent two weeks with Pentecost, yeah. didn't we? Yep. So, yeah. Acts, anyway, episode welcome. four. That's right. Founding and future of the church. Yes. So, if you're if you're following along, you remember we did coming of the Holy Spirit and Pentecost, and then Peter talked to the crowd and told told them that this was all part of God's God's plan. God's been working. The Spirit's been working, and will continue to work. People were converted when they heard this message of Jesus and the story of Jesus and what should we do. Right. We've had some questions throughout the past weeks that I'm kind of reminded of. What does this mean? Yep. At Pentecost, what should we do? Yep. Um, after after they hear hear that um, we're all part of this I don't know relationship between yeah. Jesus being crucified, but also. Um, God's resurrection work in our lives so that's all intermixed together and they responded by living in this radically different way right. which is what we talked about last week yeah. but uh, yeah we've been trying to think of some of those discerning questions that yeah. maybe are lifted up that we can be asking today yep um, as a church trying to figure out where God is leading us so hopefully so. we'll bring some of those out today as we read but um how about I, I'll pray you can read the scripture for us sounds good Lord, come to us today as we discern uh, your purpose and your knowledge within this text. Bring stuff to our hearts and minds that would enlighten us and um, grow our spirits closer to you, that we can uh, be more your people in the world. For those listening and being a part of this today, Lord, I ask your uh, your special sense of your presence and grace be with them, that their minds and hearts will be opened to uh, hear what you'd have to say. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Chapter uh, 3. Chapter 3. So uh, you can open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 3 if you are, uh, are following along with us. As Pastor Chris said, I realize that uh, since we don't have a song, uh, the song introduced ourselves during oh, yeah, wilderness, right. uh, wandering the wilderness with Pastors Eric and Chris. Like now we don't have a musical Gosh. introduction. So I am Pastor Eric, and this is and Pastor I am Pastor Chris. Chris, we would also mention there were no song submissions. No so. song submissions. So uh, you know, if you're you you're sitting on one of those, you could be <laughs> yeah the first one. So. Uh, send it in. Uh, but yes, so uh, as Mr. Chris said, we uh, ended with kind of a little bit of a picture of this early Christian community um, that had responded to the coming of the Spirit and uh, ends by them living together in a pretty radical way and having the goodwill of all of the people. And so now in chapter three, we're going to get a little bit of a uh, look at a particular um, instance with Peter and John. And so uh, we're going to start by reading verses 1 through 10 here. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate, so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. 
and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Quite a story. Where do you want to start, Pastor Chris? <coughs> well, as you were reading and I was just listening and trying to step into the story, I was struck by... I was struck by how this was normal day mm -hmm. and the whole thing Peter and John are going to the temple at three for prayer like we've right. learned they've been doing regular right I mean they're continuing in the normal pattern of yep. Jewish prayer going to the temple that was three was the hour of the afternoon yep. sacrifice this so guy yeah normal day this guy's been lame from birth mm -hmm. he's been they've been carrying him to the gate probably for years and years and everybody knew him they knew who he was and when he's healed I just was thinking of what would happen if you're from birth you can't walk your feet fail you your legs fail you and it says he's leaping and praising God and jumping and using this newfound thing and I just thought how exuberant that must be and how everybody was so keenly aware of this experience that happened this yeah. amazing thing that happened that they didn't expect. Mm -hmm. That's what strikes me theologically about the text, just in the whole relationship with the world, their life, their daily life, is they didn't expect this. Their yeah. only expectation was take the guy to the gate, lay him down, he'll get some money. That yeah. guy's expectation was today I'm going to go to the gate again, I'm going to get some money. Mm -hmm. And then something happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that changed everything. Right. Right. And and oftentimes it seems like that's how God works. It's it's springing up unexpectedly out of ordinary places. Yeah. I know I phrased it in terms of there's the sense of purpose. I, I used just used the word expectation, but the the per, the people's purpose was just to take the guy there. To, to get his alms, they were thinking just so small, mm -hmm. so so limited. Right. And yet, I can't be too hard on them. They were just thinking realistically as well. Yeah. It's I mean, not a negative thing. That's just they were just thinking realistically. Realistically, yeah. I mean, every single day, that was where the the man himself's head is at. Right. Peter and John walk by, and he calls out to them, and he looks to them for alms, for yeah, for some sort of money to be given to him. And realistically. Realistically, for Peter and John, it's so different. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're real money? is different, yeah. right? They're, they're real, real is you different. You want money? I don't have any money, but what I do have is this. Yeah. And he gets healed. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they, 
their experience to this point and you know it's maybe interesting just to think of everything they have experienced these two right you know peter and john peter in and particular john? Yeah. if we think about their life i mean they're up there on the mountain for the transfiguration like right. and, you know so they're even in some of the exclusive disciple circles that they, they get to experience that and you know they watch him ascend and they're there for the holy spirit uh you know being given at, at pentecost i mean and so yeah they're real is a very different reality than you know yeah most of us i would say uh you know and they live accordingly you know and i i think for me the question it raises is do we need to think differently about reality right you know in in light of you know this story and the promises that we hear about the reality of the holy spirit in the world you know do we need to think about our reality differently to maybe think bigger right or why do we think smaller why do we think smaller yeah do you think maybe like for us as church i wonder what would happen if we would look back at our lives and the history of our lives with this story in mind and say, I'm going to think about my whole life differently rather than think about reality in terms of the normal expected expectations. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to think bigger and see if I can't see places where it actually might have been God and I didn't realize it. Right. Sometimes I think these stories do us not an injustice, but the way we think about them and relate to them does an injustice. Mm -hmm where we expect the Spirit's work to always be, or God's work to always be, healing someone's ankles who's mm -hmm. been lame from birth. Well, that's never happened to me. Right, right. <laughs> and my ankles are fine, so... But what about mm -hmm. those times of whatever, loss or despair when I was sustained? What yeah. about where you might just not really attribute that to God and maybe there's miracles happening all around us mm -hmm. right I, I mean and I, I think for me the question is like which one of those I, I think we can assume you started with this being an ordinary day even for Peter and John I expect they continue to have some ordinary days where they're just going out to the, yeah. the, the temple to, to worship they're living in their community and they're you know maybe living a little radically and differently but they've got their ordinary patterns of of things um Nonetheless, they don't seem shocked when this, you know, it takes this, right. this turn. Um, you know, have some healing. but it, it seems to me that I agree. I think that I can look back on, on points in my life and, and I could, could note some pretty extraordinary events um, that I would say, yeah, God did that. And, you know, I don't have any, you know, being healed from being lame or anything like, like that, but pretty extraordinary uh, events. I mean, but there's a question there in terms of reality. What Do we live in the reality where God does extraordinary things like we have experienced, you know, whatever that may be? Or do we live in the reality where we just assume that the ordinary and yes, today is going to be just like it was yesterday, you know, and we don't expect God to do anything differently? And to what extent does our expectation change our reality and the way that we operate in the world? Right. And would it change... Would it change how we maybe talk about or share normal, normal, I'll do air quotes even though I hate them. Yeah. Normal events. <laughs> I don't like air quotes. Normal events. I was just, as, as we were talking, I looked down at my leg where my Achilles tendon repair mm -hmm. is 
and I thought without modern medicine and science I would be at the mercy of trying to ask some wandering healers to heal me or I'd be a lame guy yeah but the fact that I had a great doctor and a fantastic orthopedic surgeon who had all of God's gifts of science and medicine at his fingertips who could do this I say my doctor did it but with the language of faith say God did it right and I think we want to talk like that yeah. and at our hearts as Christians maybe we believe that mm -hmm. like God blessed my doctor and gave him gifts yeah but I'm not sure we give it enough weight mm -hmm. where maybe that healing is the same we just now God's moved us to a place where we have all this I don't I don't know yeah. I don't know if there's something there or not but it might just change how we look at the world like maybe there's maybe there's Maybe there's miracles all around us. It's all miracle, right? In some sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I, we're we're honestly just generally wondering here. Yeah, uh, we you know, it, the the present. Um, like you know, does it because I'm just sitting here thinking it. You know, would that make things more miraculous or is, is or less or, or less? <laughs> yeah, because you yeah. know, is is part of it that you know we don't expect anything that we might characterize as, as miraculous or, or extraordinary because um, we say, well, no, God just works in these things that we now consider ordinary way. And the ordinary is, in fact, miraculous, and so there is no miraculous anymore. Right, yeah. I mean, you got me thinking, though, you know, when you started talking about your ankle, I started thinking about my, my arm uh, <laughs> here. And my experience with that, that was just less than two years ago, was... My name, Fortuitous playing basketball with a bunch of med students uh, was a, a fortuitous bounce, and that they're yeah. there, and then they called ahead and drove me over to the hospital that was right there at the University of Chicago. But what really stuck out for me from that whole whole stretch of time was the actually the extraordinary response of of the community. Like, and I was at seminary at this point, and you know, just the way that people you know showed up just to sort of be there and be supportive, but also to help me as I'm like hobbling around and can't do anything for myself because my arms all like it just you know I had a great friend shout out to you Molly you'll probably never watch this but uh, <laughs> she she made me a cake in the shape of an arm oh, like of my my cat exciting. Like, and my only point in in this yeah. is that was an extraordinary instance of of community in a really beautiful way coming together I would say being being church yeah but is there any reason why that couldn't be more ordinary? Right. Except that we think of it as extraordinary. Um, I, it, I, I don't know, I just, as I look at this, I guess what, within their ordinary days, all they can see is just what they expect to see. Mm -hmm. And Peter and, John stand there and they actually say look at us what do you expect we don't have any money mm -hmm. but we have some something that's greater than you can really notice but if you look I mean you can see it in the movement of the text look at us and he fixed his attention on them like there's yeah. this there's this yeah. piece of the story that somehow involves looking yeah but that, looking that at looked something deeper phrase, yeah it's it's used in 13:9 and 14:9 okay that, that same language of looked intently and both of them have this like eye piercing what's going on in in your heart okay. sort of gaze and yeah. and in one point it's uh, one of the false 
magician people. Okay. And yep. it, it amounts to, I think that's 13-9, and it amounts to sort of a judgment and condemnation. Okay. And then in 14-9, if I don't have them inverted, it's it's looking and, and seeing ultimately faith, and there's another miraculous okay. healing that takes yeah. place there. Um, but there's it, this... There's some sort of intent gaze mm -hmm. that's here that I don't know exactly what it's looking for, but it's it's the eyes of faith in some ways. It's looking for God's presence, maybe. Right. I don't know. You know, is the spirit here, or what is the spirit yeah. doing here? Well, it's more a matter for me in this day and age as we talk about the Holy Spirit and Acts and the church now, is what's really holding us back. Mm -hmm. I know as a church leader, I have a tendency to look out and think, oh, we could try this and this and this and this. And there's always that piece of every try and experiment that's like, oh, but it won't work. Yeah. Oh, but, and I think I'm incredibly flexible and willing to try stuff. Right. But there's always that piece of small thinking that influences everything. Yeah. Just because we're used to that. We're trained that way. Right. Not as pastors, just as humans try to you know mitigate the negative get, yeah. take care of that you know deal with the negative stuff and yeah there's nothing Peter and John say get up yeah <laughs> they say that but they invoke the name of Jesus and I think right that's huge and and yeah that that is it, it, yeah. and 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 that's the unique thing about this this text, I mean, maybe not from our perspective, but within the narrative and the unfolding sort of yeah. history here, that's what's unique and ultimately problematic right. for people that, that they're calling on Jesus' name to do this. Um, you know, and, and in a community of people that haven't accepted Jesus as, you know, as God, you know, that's a pretty extraordinary claim and ultimately it's going to get them in trouble. Right, right. Um, but you know the power is is there in in that name and um just to sort of let me let me bring in that that piece here you know the the question of of jesus name and healing in jesus name um i'm gonna keep reading okay keep reading because what's happening is peter's now gonna respond this has become very public people yeah. are seeing it and uh as apparently as peter's custom he gets up and gives a big speech <laughs> so we're gonna read part of that starting at uh, verse 11 while he that is the man that was just healed while he clung to peter and john all the people ran together to them in the portico called solomon's portico utterly astonished when peter saw it he addressed the people you Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power or piety we had made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by faith in his name, his name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. It was that last verse that I wanted to, to okay. lift up in response to this conversation yeah. about healing and the power of Jesus' name. And I want to read that verse just okay. one, one more to um, pay attention to faith and, and the name okay. of, of Jesus. is the two active agents here. And by faith in his name, his name itself 
has made this man strong. Whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus, has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. All right. First, let me ask, what do you notice about faith in that verse? Whose? Whose? Yeah, whose who's faith? And by faith in his name, whose who's faith? I mean, the name is clear. Clearly, it's Jesus. Jesus. They healed in the name of Jesus, of Nazareth. But it, it isn't clear. It's not clear. The man's um, faith? Yeah, is it, is it Peter? Is it John? Is it this man that was healed? And I, and I know before we talked about this prior... I was I had some expectations that I brought into the text. Yeah. That I I assumed it was Peter and John's faith right. healed the guy, and yet in the text they specifically say it wasn't us. Yeah, it wasn't us. It Just wasn't in our case own you power. It was us. Right. It wasn't us. It's not that we're so powerful or that we're so holy, you know. Yeah, it wasn't us. Right. So that's the first thing I notice is whose faith. Um. So yeah. What, what, what are you? Well, what I mean, I think I think that that's that's the part of the piece there, and and I wonder, um, you know, why that is. I my my hunch is that it, it's it's not accidental. Yeah. Um, that that it's there, and if if I'm gonna read into it and think what maybe I think the point is, uh-huh. uh, it's ultimately not the belonging to anyone's part that is important, um, because it's not. Peter John acting, it's not the person acting, it's not their powerful faith on either end that is doing this. Yeah. It is ultimately Christ. Um, and no matter how much faith they may have, if Christ decides for whatever reason that this this isn't the time, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's not that yeah, they have right. reason. Their faith is such that they get to wave a magic wand or pronounce some magic words in the name of Jesus and then whatever miracles you know, gonna happen. Um, it's it's Christ on the loose. You know, and he's been exalted. He ascended into heaven, um, but he's still up here, acting in the power, or he's still present here, acting in the power of the Holy Spirit yeah. to to do that. I mean, and so I think that there's an intentional leaving it ambiguous whose faith it is, because ultimately, none of them can claim it. It is yeah. finally Christ acting here. Um, And the other thing about faith from that passage that sticks out to me is uh, in that latter part where it says, the faith that is through Jesus, um, which is a very Lutheran understanding of faith that it comes first as a gift to us. Um, That faith comes through through Jesus. Uh, That somehow or other, and you know, what exactly this balance is, I don't know if I have a clear, you know, understanding of it, is somehow or other we are acting in response to faith, but faith comes first to us as a gift. And as Lutherans, we intend that to be liberating. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I don't have to try to sit down on my knee or kneel down on my knees every morning and muster up faith. Mm -hmm. It is given as gift, therefore I have it. Right. And actually, as you say that, I, I think about the incredible boldness that Peter and John had. I mean, we get caught up as humans in whose faith was it and did they have it? And I wish I could have that faith. Right. And I, I mean, regardless of how that plays out, Peter and John looked at that guy and said, stand up and walk. Mm-hmm. They had to believe he was going to do it. Yeah. But it wasn't about their power. It was they had to believe that Jesus Christ, the author and giver of life, is committed to life mm-hmm. and, and wholeness. And, and that in this particular situation, he was going to grant it. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't know how that worked or how right. this that is. I say the spirit's working there yeah. somehow. I see. I think that the looked intently piece somehow figures yeah. in there. There's something about that looking intently that is asking the question. You know, is is the, is Christ going to do something extraordinary here? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not. I know that I can't do it on my own. I don't have this power, but. So there was a, yeah, a looking with the heart, like, oh, gosh, it's just such an intriguing text to me because as church, as pastors, as people, it doesn't take a pastor in front of your name to do it. How do we look with our heart and what do we expect yeah. to see? Yeah. Do we expect little things? I, I did it just a few minutes ago when I said about trying things what do we expect and we think small and we always think of the ways things are going to fail mm -hmm. and then we get to this text where they're not attributing anything to themselves yeah how our our natural inclination is to think well how am i going to mess this up or how is this going to go bad or who's gonna who's gonna whatever how is this not going to work and all they're thinking is how's jesus going to make something amazing happen yeah <laughs> totally yeah. different like, yeah who do i want to be thinking is in charge Jesus or some negative thing you can't control right and we just get we slip into that as yeah. people yeah I, I think that we do get ourselves in, in in trouble when we think that it does depend upon us even if depend upon our faith or yeah. having enough faith I mean I think that um, you know one way that I sort of witness that is uh, I, in, a, in a heartbreaking breaking ways is, is people that you know, sort of condemn themselves for like not having enough faith. If if God isn't answering a prayer the way that they expect yeah. it to, and they say, "Well, it's because I don't have enough faith," or even worse, when people will tell them that, like, "Oh, God isn't doing this because you don't have enough faith. You just need to pray harder." Like, yeah, I've experienced that too for people. I mean, that's a whole lot of pressure on on us if uh, it's it's about us having enough faith right. to do whatever um, right you know it, it may be and I don't think I have enough faith <laughs> right <laughs> what is enough yeah I mean what is enough off. yeah is um, you know so it's it's comforting me to me not only the idea that that faith comes as a gift yeah um, and so it's, it's not, not my theirs. responsibility to you know to earn it in some way um, but also that uh, Christ is just going to do Christ's thing. The, the Spirit is, is at work whether I'm, you know, getting it right or have enough yeah. faith or not. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking this coming Sunday we have all of these little parables from Matthew 13. And you've got the parable of uh, the mustard seed and the parable of the, the yeast. Um, and, and both of them have this sense of small little things unnoticeable even yeah. this this growth is just happening yeah. it's, it's just happening um, you know it's it's like the other you know seed parables where it's planted and then just grows overnight you know it's just there and you don't know how it happened right. like but I take comfort from the fact that that doesn't fall on me that God is, is working. sure sure um, I because I, I, I wonder if I don't know just and, Go, go ahead, because my musings are a little out there. <laughs> and yet, it doesn't depend on us. But I wonder if what does depend on us is the thinking big. Mm -hmm. That that bigness that opens our hearts and our actions and our minds up to, 
to the spirit working in and around us and through us that that amazing things happen, that miracles happen. I mean, you can you can throw it out into our own context right now in terms of everything going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Massive medical issues going on with pandemic stuff. Yeah. Whether you, I mean, people are, we're getting to the point now where people are getting sick of it enough that mm-hmm. we're, people are, there's legitimate strife mm-hmm. within the community. Yeah. Absolutely. Amongst yeah. people. And rightly so. It's getting hard. Mm-hmm. What do we do? We don't know. What What does thinking big look like in the midst of coming together around seemingly unsolvable problems Yeah, and letting the spirit do something there? Yeah. And I'm not even... I mean, what do you say? As soon as you say, I'm not even thinking about God removing the pandemic from the face of the earth yeah why not yeah <laughs> how do you automatically right. we start going oh, so yeah. let me share my music yeah, so with you because i, I think it is it, no i think it is in fact relevant it's not as far out there as maybe a stop. i find myself wondering if there were times peter and john other apostles wandering around they see someone there they look intently, but maybe it was a little side-eyed. And, you know, they say, stand up and walk in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And, and it didn't happen. Like, sure. I mean, one, that would make sense that those wouldn't be the incidents that They're you know, Luke share. decides to document. But the reason that I think that's relevant is that I feel like that's maybe the risk that you have to be willing to take. That you, it's, it's putting yourself out on a limb of faith there. That it's not down to me. I don't have enough faith to be 100% confident what God's going to do all, all the time, which means if I'm going to be a bold, like Peter and John here, there's a decent chance that I may be disappointed. Yeah. Like, there's a risk of, I don't know if failure is the right way, the right language for this context, but that's the human condition that we are afraid of, of failure. And I'm, I'm really afraid of maybe faith failure, especially that somehow, you know, I'm, I'm out on a limb there if I believe that the extraordinary is, is really possible, the miraculous, the super big thinking, because what happens if it doesn't happen? Right, right. So looking, I was just, I started to think in, in terms of just, um, well, heal, I mean, this is healing, but what about reconciliation? What mm-hmm. about fixing fractured relationships? What about fixing, um, something that happens between friends or a staff member or you make a mistake financially or you know all those different ways we fail each other and let people down and let the world down how what does looking at someone with with your heart entail and maybe if we're vulnerable enough this can be fixed maybe if we're if i'm brave enough i can gain some humility and fix this financial thing maybe you know and I just I wonder about I love that looking at the world with your heart rather than your eyes and and it's maybe and trying to see if God's there Mm -hmm. maybe he's not right and that's okay yeah yet maybe he's the guy's not there yet right but assuming that if he is he'll work and if he's not that's what it's supposed to be it's right. a different way of seeing the world and I don't think we think about it enough mm-hmm. I know I don't even as a pastor looking at stuff with my heart and going where is God where is the Holy Spirit yeah 
and then acting and trusting that something will happen. I love what you said about that. Like maybe sometimes it didn't. Yeah. Of course, Luke's not going to write that. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, and now I'm just thinking. You know, what does that mean? How do we do that? Look at something with our heart. You know, what does that even mean? Like, how yeah. do I go about? You know, looking at the world with my my heart. I'm a pretty analytical kind of yeah. head, head person. Um, you know, and, and so I don't know if it's necessarily heart in an emotional sense, but, um, I, you know, so I, I don't know, but looking at it certainly through, you know, a perspective of, of faith um, that transcends my rational, reasonable, realistic thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, how do we, how do we nurture that in ourselves? Uh, I mean, I'm inclined to think that it's something that we we have to practice that it's not something you, you can't that. just flip a I switch just say right? that. i think we need to practice yeah yeah and and, and how do you start with, with right. that maybe um, that's part of the community's job yeah. like the body of christ's job we practice there on each other <laughs> with each <laughs> other to yeah. each other towards each other yeah with, i mean we're supposed to love each other uh -huh. i mean and god says let the same mind be in you that was christ and so all that stuff yeah. but or, or Paul says that, but it's hard. Yeah. But how can we look at the world that way if we can't even look at ourselves that way? That's why I, I also like Acts, and we'll be, be winding this up here for you, but Acts is so focused on that community piece, and whenever I notice, when the, when the outside world responds to something, they're looking in at the community and seeing how the community of faith gathered around Christ's name acts. Right. We read that last time. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's amazed. Why? Yeah. Because they live differently. Right. <laughs> right. And people could tell. Yeah. And maybe they see that. That right. Heart and, and that was my observation yeah. on the structure of of this, which is the same as the structure of Pentecost. Something, I grabbing something extraordinary something miraculous happens holy spirit comes people are suddenly talking in, in tongues this man everyone knows him as the lame guy that's outside the temple suddenly he's leaping yeah. which is an isaiah reference uh okay. you realize that that's uh I did not that's uh that your your lame men will will leap it's a uh, Isaiah 35 or something I, like I mean, that. yes, Anyways. of course I recognize that as an Isaiah reference. Um, <laughs> I didn't think offhand. I thought maybe in like some of your, you know, notes or something like Who that. But in, in any case, um, now that I, you know, got myself uh, <laughs> off track by sliding that okay, one in that. there, you know, to prove my biblical knowledge. <laughs> well, I know I, we'll reconcile uh, later. But the, <laughs> the, the model is something extraordinary happens that catches people's attention because it's different. It's outside of the, the ordinary. It's okay. curious. Yep. It's attractive in some way, shape, or form. And it raises questions. So they start wondering, what's going on here? Um, and then there's a, this opportunity that at both Pentecost and after this healing, um, Peter gets up and talks about the gospel and Jesus. My three W's, as yes. it were, works, uh, I like it. wonder, the response of the people, and, and witness. The, the speaking and I just wonder about that as a model of of being church and spreading the gospel of evangelism but the starting point of that is doing something different yeah that is appealing and attractive in such a way that people wonder what's going on and I feel like I hear that talked about by churches like doing something that people wonder but most of the time it, it's 
we're not actually different enough. Um, yeah, not enough. That that people are thinking, huh? You know that that it's. I mean, we do we do lots of good stuff, certainly. I mean, I guess if I think about the the friends from this story that you know brought their friend to yeah. the temple every single day to make sure that he could get some alms in was like I mean they were caring for him right, they were sure. loving their neighbor they were you know doing doing good things and uh, the church absolutely does all sorts of um, things along that lines um, but is it, how many of those are the type of big things that really right. you know hmm. and and maybe is that sort of where kind of you know that big thinking you know that's that's what really will grab people's attention, and that's when we can really, you know, to be also be prepared to sort of speak to, and you know, witness. Yeah, witness. Third W there. What oh, Christ is doing? It's good. We can't just leave it. <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> Work, wonder, witness. The three W's. <laughs> so, I think we had a pretty decent. Um, well, you articulated a pretty decent pastoral question or a Holy Spirit question, I think, about thinking big and, and how the church does that or how or why. I can't quite remember how you phrased it. Do you remember how you... No. Okay, well, that's fine. Anyway, You're gonna have it, to was, pick one here. it was brilliant. Okay, well, no. It, make a modest attempt. I'll make a modest attempt. attempt. I, I think it's important for us as a church to practice mm -hmm. thinking big. Mm -hmm. to, to looking with our heart at the world and people around us and trusting that the Spirit's working and then acting faithfully and seeing what happens. Yeah. I don't know that there's anything greater than that that we can do because it is, it is a gift. And I guess as we move into this next week and as we go forward, maybe that's what God's calling us to do is, is practice that looking intently with our hearts at ourselves at our church at our world and, and seeing what the spirit's doing and proclaiming christ's name and witnessing and just letting god do the rest actually yeah because then failure is not so frightening because yeah. it's not failure it's just letting the spirit work right so that's all i got is that good enough yeah i think that's that's good i think okay. generally yeah how do we think bigger? Yeah. Um, and I think that that probably is a process that, that involves, you know, steps. But um, how do we think bigger? You know, individually and as, as a, as a yeah. community together. So, um, okay. We'll pray we, us out. Well, just, I, I would just want to note, we read half of Peter's speech oh, there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not going to read it at this point. You can do that for yourself. But uh, the rest of chapters... Uh, three verses 17 through uh, 26 um, is, is Peter continuing to to speech and it's interesting if you want to go back and read it you can kind of compare that to uh, some of Peter's speech that he gives at, at Pentecost yeah. because um, there's definitely a lot of, of similarities but there's also a, a few differences um, in particular Peter kind of has a little bit of a focus I mean this one on on the return of Christ uh, and, and final judgment that isn't so emphasized okay. at the Pentecost speech. So we don't need to go any further yeah. into that. Just know that it's it's there, and we'll probably pick up with uh, chapter four next week when we get back together uh, again. Um, Perfect. But uh, yes, hopefully we were able to lift up some discerning <laughs> questions for you. And uh, I, I 
I was intrigued by our conversation I... and where that ended up going. Um, hopefully you were as well. Thinking but, about lots uh, of things now. Uh, let's, let's pray. Gracious God, uh, we thank you for the faith that you have given us. Um, and as we go through the rest of our uh, evening and move on into the, the week and the weekend, uh, give us the faith to see just a little bit bigger. Help us to expect you to show up in extraordinary ways, even in the ordinary. Help us to imagine that the kingdom that you promise is coming. And while it comes in simple, ordinary ways, occasionally, you break in in extraordinary, exceptional, eye-catching ways. Help us to look for you in those ways as well. Grant us the faith to believe that you continue to work in such a way as that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, dear people, thanks for joining us once again, and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good night. <laughs>